0: Hello, welcome to episode four of have you seen my name's tom webb and i'm still kieran Fort. with a bit of luck you've probably picked up the pitch and review kind of format of the show by now last week i pitched tom shall we dance a japanese comedy about a an accountant who takes up ballroom dancing entirely by mistake uh tom what did you think well last week you did a really really good job of selling this like you
1: know i left here thinking i really want to watch this film i'm really up for it and geared up for it and then over the weekend I was kind of like, well, oh, I've got all this stuff to do, maybe I won't watch it tonight because I've, you know, I've got a bit of a headache or I'm not quite ready to watch a film with subtitles. And before I knew it, it got to last night and I realised I have to watch it tonight, otherwise we can't record. Um, and again, I had lots of stuff to do about the hat around the house after a long day of work and I wasn't quite ready for it. And I said to my wife, oh, do you want to watch this film? And she's like, oh, I'm not really in the mood for a subtitle movie. I was like, okay, well... Have you,
0: I, have you come to school without doing your homework?
1: No, so I was like, oh, okay, well, I've got to watch it. And she was like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll go and have a bath, you watch it. And I was like, okay. So, so I I'll, I'll just get into bed, stick it on, you know, and then for the next half an hour, I was battling trying to get my PlayStation to talk to my TV. For no apparent reason would it work at all. Right. It just would not work. I was like, brilliant. So I ended up going back downstairs into the living room, so, you know, set everything up, started watching the movie. And, uh... Thought right, okay. I've got, you know, I've got to make sure I'm in the right frame of mind for this. And I started taking my notes. Um, and I got probably 20 minutes into the film taking my notes, and then I just stopped taking notes. Uh, and you know, Nick came, you know, from behind. She came, sat with me, and we got utterly engrossed into the film and absolutely loved it. Excellent. It was amazingly good. Um, it's probably the best one that you've pitched me so far.
0: Excellent. It's the one out of all of the films I've seen that you've pitched to me and I've pitched to you. It's my favourite.
1: Right. Excellent. Excellent. So far, the um, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly go through the notes I did make. Um, it starts off setting up the character um, whose name I can't pronounce and didn't uh, write down. Sugiyama. Sugiyama. Okay. So it starts by building up his character. Um, you see his home life, and it's very. I mean, it's very stereotypical what, as to what you think a Japanese middle class family would be like it's all very reserved and you know even you know he and his wife have separate beds and they get up at separate times and it's almost like they just they just happen to be in the same house Mm. not and it doesn't seem like a relationship and all that kind of stuff it's very very reserved um the next note i made was uh, about the character mr aoki 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 aoki
0: Alki, Alki, A- okay. The um, amount of wrestling ring announcers I've had to had to set right, <laughs> right. pronouncing the surname Aoki <laughs> over the past few years.
1: Yeah, I, um, he he works with Mr. Sugiyama. Sugiyama, Sugiyama. Okay, I'm going to get see what my gonna, role in this
0: review is going to be exactly. Yeah, you just have to repeat that. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: he works in the same office, and the first thing I noticed about him was he only walks in straight lines and right angles. Yeah. And he very rarely moves his head with his body. It's either just before or just after. And it's just a really bizarre but incredibly funny way of moving. Mm. Um, So you're immediately drawn to this real oddball guy. Um, And then the next notes I'm making, we've got to the bit where, you know, they're starting the dance lessons. And watching that first dance lesson, I can remember... Doing a dance lesson for you know learning to, to do dancing for my for my first dance for my wedding. Yes, and it, they're just so beautifully awkward. It's absolutely fantastic, and one of my favourite bits is where they're all starting to slowly get the hang of it, and 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 he's just standing there, and he's he's literally just standing stock still, staring at their feet, trying mm-hmm. to figure out what's going on. The top of his body's just moving very slightly, like he's going through the movement in his head, but not quite doing it, and it's you know i i did that that's how
0: i dance in general <laughs> and,
1: and, and it's just I, I know exactly what's going on in his brain right at that moment and it, it's just absolutely beautifully acted all throughout and given it how those people dance at the end of the film i'd love to know how they shot it did they learn to dance before or did they learn during because they're so brilliantly awkward and good at being bad at the beginning i can't believe that they had been trained and then had to be bad but if you watch
0: at the end they're still not amazing dancers. no they're not no they're not it's but not like they've got i think they must have done it must have been shot in order and they must just be actors yeah i think i think you're right i couldn't i try to find out this kind of stuff yeah. and i couldn't find
1: i i would say i mean by the end of it they are good amateurs um but yeah. you know i mean i mean that i mean they do a quick step which is not easy at all mm. i mean I, I, it's not I didn't, I didn't even try it when i did it yeah but just watching people do it, that is really complex
0: is there anything more amusing and charming than a japanese voice trying to say quick quick slow <laughs> i
1: know that's brilliant that's one of the things that i just and because you know it their kind of mecca is blackpool which is yes is really nice all the way through you get this whole thing mm. about how how blackpool is the place to be for ballroom dancers which mm. is really quite funny um one of my favorite scenes is the reveal that mr Alki also dances yes and he's doing a rumba and at first i didn't i again i didn't spot it was him until you know he's he started he's wearing a wig and he kind of takes on this rumba uh, sort of romantic persona uh sort of a lothario kind of thing donny burns donny burns yeah and um (laughs) and, you know, the wig comes off and and suddenly it's revealed that it's who he is. Again, it's just comedic genius. Mm. Absolutely comedic genius. I mean, I'd love to, again, I'd love to know if how much of that dance is choreographed and how much of that character like you know there are loads of facial expressions and arm movements and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff He's just like I want to know who came up with that was it the actor was it the choreographer and again you just
0: it's so hard to find out because there's little bits where he'll separate from his partner and do this ridiculous re- Ridiculous over-the-top shimmy and then pull her back in.
1: Absolutely, there's, there's one bit later on in the film where they do a Paso Doble and he does this just bizarre thing with his legs and it's just like...
0: That's, no <laughs> that's re- not exactly the shot you're thinking <laughs> of. It's
1: just like, that's no
0: recognisable
1: dance move I've ever seen. You know, how did that come about? I'd, I would really would love to know. Mm. Um, and then... One of the... The, the kind of the B story of the, of the film is... Um, the lead character's wife thinking he's having an affair and hiring a, an investigator to mm. to find out. And I love the way the investigators get drawn into the ballroom dancing yes. to the point of when, you know, they're getting a little bit educated about it by the end and they're, and they're, they're, they're watching the, the They're effectively dancing. the commentators yeah, yeah, exactly, on the, yeah, yeah, on the yeah, competition yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah um, I, I thought that was a really nice little touch. And... Um, and I also have noted down my favourite credit from the credits. Yes. Uh, most of which, well, in fact, almost all of which are in... Uh, in Japanese. Japanese, apart from a few. And then there's one, there's just some at the end where it's... Um, they obviously filmed in Blackpool. Uh, yeah. In, I can't remember the name of the... the, the, the it's the Tower Ballroom. The Tower Ballroom, that's yeah. it. And it just says, Tower Ballroom audience. Oh, yeah. 293 people from Blackpool. Yes. And then it's got judges, 10 people from Blackpool. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Because
0: I would think, I mean, the
1: judges, you'd probably be able to find
0: that out, surely. Well, I think we at least we know that the town of Blackpool uh, in 1995 uh, consisted of at least 400 people. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah um yeah
1: so i mean that's all the notes i made because i was just so engaged by the film there were bits that just had me absolutely crying with laughter i mean there's some incredibly touching and tender moments yes. as well um the bit where uh toyoko insults tanaka and says he's fat and he kind of breaks down a bit and, mm. and reveals you know, he's, yeah. he's dancing because of that um and but then, you know, he has this incredibly tender moment, but he also has one of the moments that made me laugh possibly the most, um, which is when he and... Name of the lead character? Sugiyama. Sugiyama, uh, go to a dance hall. You know, they, they've they been learning for a little while, and they kind of venture out on their own, and they go to a dance hall, and they they're approached by two women, and they're asked if they will dance, and they're really awkward about it, and they're not quite sure if they're going to... And uh, you know, T- Tanaka's very well, really, really frightened and then
0: you know, he I do wish the listening audience could see the face you just pulled. Really?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, continue. And uh mr sugiyama is that right yes excellent uh he he says okay I'll, I'll dance with you and they start to dance and it's very awkward it's re- really really you know he, he, start, he
0: does a lot of he, he's waiting for the right beat and he's yeah. stepping on his, op- his opponent he <laughs> <has> his <partner's laughs> foot. and he's looking at the
1: floor trying yeah. to, you know he's yeah. not looking up and then just in the background tanaka and his partner just sashay through in this kind of elaborate rumba and he's got this massive grin on his face and he he's has just, an amazing smile that man he's absolutely going for it I Hundred percent, and he just doesn't care mm. at all what he looks like or how he's doing. It. And it's just brilliant to see those two characters. One of them very awkward trying to do it properly, and the other one just just going hell for leather, just throwing himself yeah. around. And it's just, and and again, like a lot of this film, the the all a lot of the comedy is played in the background. And, and yes. I, I think. I think the fact that it, you know, for us, it's a subtitled film. I suspect some audiences would would miss out on that because you're concentrating on the subtitles and the action in the foreground. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on in the background which is absolutely hilarious. And I mean, I'm probably, I'm pretty certain, I missed some really funny moments mm. because I, I was concentrating on the subtitles or whatever. But you know, I'm really pleased that there were some that I just just caught my eye and you know, just had me in fits of laughter. So i absolutely loved this film i thought it was brilliant um to the point where you know we you know my wife and i trying to track down a copy on dvd because it was that (laughs) good and um you know i said i mentioned earlier she she wasn't really in the mood she joined halfway through it and she she was howling with laughter uh she was howling with laughter all the way through with me absolutely loved it so
0: you two weren't the only ones the uh the japanese academy which uh, I guess effectively the Japanese Oscars. Right. Uh, this was nominated for 14 awards. Right. It won all of them. I, there I are s- only 14 awards at the Japanese Academy Awards. Well,
1: I, I can understand why. I mean, it, uh, people might find it a bit odd that how we're really pushing how great this film is, but it is just utterly fantastic. Mm. It really, really is good. To how, hear.
0: how much luck have you had trying to find a copy?
1: Um, I don't... I- i don't know i i, I you know my, my wife's a researcher she that's her, her yeah, that. yeah, okay. i
0: would just find us a copy of this I'll film
1: yeah so uh, hopefully we'll get hold of mm. one because I, I,
0: I don't think i've ever seen it shown on tv no um when it was released in the uk it was released in 1998 and showed in only 18 cinemas right um mm. i think only for one weekend and i was lucky enough to see one of those screenings and then it took me ages to track down a dvd
1: yeah see so. i mean I, i'd heard of the, i think it was a richard Gere remake
0: yeah richard Gere and jennifer lopez yeah. 2003 2004 so, I think. yeah
1: something yeah. like that and, and then i think you know i'd heard you mention oh that's based on the japanese movie yeah. but I, again i didn't really know anything about it until he handed it to me and yeah it was it was great so
0: track uh, it down people track it down yeah. it's a gem
1: yeah i think if if there's one movie from the movies we've covered so far that you should actively go and seek out it's this one
0: there we are you can't get a more ringing endorsement than that mm-hmm. um You also pitched me a comedy. I did. Do so again in short form. Okay,
1: so I pitched you I Love You, Man. Um, Basically, uh, a guy played by Paul Rudd uh, comes to the realisation that he doesn't have any proper male best friends. uh, And he's about to get married. He needs a best man and he goes on a series of mandates, just trying to find a guy that he can just hang out with and you know confide in and just be his best mate and you know that's kind of the the crux of the film Uh, I think
0: it's really really funny so what did you think Gary? well for this one I've outdone you in terms of notes okay I didn't write any okay I have one two three four five three four I have 11 words that I (laughs) scribbled on a sheet of A4 before we came into this podcast
1: okay now is that a good thing or a bad thing
0: it's a good thing good it turns out this is one of my girlfriend's favourite movies excellent Uh, when I I, uh, when we recorded the last show I went over to see her straight afterwards right Um, and as I walked in the door I said we we talked about you know what we talked about on the show Um, and uh, I said have you seen I Love You Man and she gave me a look Like, I had just set fire to her favourite pet. (laughs) Right. Um, Her exact words were, I must have seen this thing at least 18 times. Put it in. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And we watched it immediately. Oh, excellent. Um, And I didn't take any notes. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, okay, good. Uh, It's really good. Um, It stands out above... All of those other types of comedies, I think. Okay. Uh, all of those kind of, the kind of the kind of guy comedies that yes. kind of become yeah, yeah popular in recent years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess we're talking things like um, Hangover. I suppose you could clump in with that kind of.
0: That's probably a bit which more- was a massive hit and a massive critical success, but I think it's distinctly average.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's, it's funny, funny. Yeah, but um, so I guess it'd be stuff like that. Uh, maybe Sex Drive.
0: Which I also enjoy. Yeah, that was good. And um, that.
1: yeah, role models.
0: Would they say that? Which I also enjoy. And this is probably better than that. Yeah.
1: Um, and I guess the other movies you could possibly put in there might be things like Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which I don't think you've seen.
0: No, you mentioned this last week. No, I haven't. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I only lumped that in there
1: because Jason Segel's in it. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's got some of his him singing in it. So yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So carry on. Th- th-
0: tell me. Tell me why you liked it. Um, you mentioned the. Effectively, two simultaneous rom coms as the structure. Yeah. Uh, and that plays out beautifully.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, we talked about a rom com has a very distinct structure. Yes. And, and they both follow it yes. in very clever ways so yes. that, that they're kind of almost like opposing. If you know what I mean, you know in a rom com you're always going to be the meeting, things are great. Oh no, something goes slightly wrong. Oh, it's better again.
0: Yeah, and both follow that, but yeah. it,
1: but but at different times. Mm. Yeah, which is nice.
0: Things like the bit where uh, where Paul Rudd asks Jason Segel to be his best man. Yeah. In front of a fountain, <laughs> yeah. and then it pulls out to the wide, and they hug, which in a regular rom com would be the first kiss, and Absolutely. the whole fountain goes up <laughs> behind them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just uh, beautiful little touches like that that I think really make this film yeah Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's probably as quotable as Team America yeah absolutely yeah yeah. Uh, uh, my girlfriend and I were trading quotes for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, they've shown up in text messages, tweets, I, all sorts. I, see, I, I had a suspicion that
1: you'd quite enjoyed this because I started to see little hashed, like hashtag Jobin and yeah. things like that that
0: cropped yeah. up on Twitter. Yeah, she thought, nearly wet herself when that <laughs> line came out. because right. She wiped the tears from her eyes. She said, I'd forgotten all about Jobin. <laughs> uh, you should probably point out uh, one, of the, uh, one of the recurring gags is is Poor character continually trying to come up with a nickname for Jason Siegel? Yeah. And not finding yeah, uh, yeah. just Awful just mangling two syllables
1: together. That. <laughs> um, That's one thing Jason Siegel's character is just really comfortable in his own body and he's really at ease and he, he can you know, he's just casual and he'll just say things. And then Peter tries to be the same as that but just isn't and fails every time. So Jason Siegel will just segue into a, an accent or a, a an impression and then I wanna pin up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and then you get Paul Rudd's character trying to imitate that's my like, very awful, undramatic, <laughs> impersonation by the way. <laughs> you get Paul Rudd's character trying to do the same thing because it's cool, kind of. You know, he's, yeah. trying, he's trying to do the thing the cool kid's
0: doing, and he just never quite pulls it off. Which mm. I think
1: I think is a really nice to touch. Um,
0: as you also mentioned last week, there is quite an impressive array of supporting characters. Yeah. Um, in particular, Andy Sandberg yes, as uh, uh, the brother. as the gay brother, yeah, and uh, their father played by jk simmons yeah just tremendous he's actually only 14 years older than paul rudd really good lord good lord um yeah probably the only thing i didn't like about it was Mm. i didn't think we got to see enough of them
1: right yeah i know what you mean i i think that that that's kind of the problem by having these two a stories if you like the two romantic comedies side by side is that the supporting cast could have you know could have been a, played a greater part in it mm. but, but obviously don't because effectively the b story which would not you would normally involve them was actually a secondary a story if that makes sense
0: mm. i do think there was enough the supporting characters were so good mm. you could probably flesh this out to a tv sitcom
1: yeah yeah
0: absolutely and it could be kind of Peter's long quest, a longer quest to try yeah. and find the best man, and that's yeah. you've got a whole season of a sitcom because yeah. all those characters are so
1: absolutely. I mean, you could even you know, each episode would be based around one mandate sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The only actually the only character that I find irritating is the the Joe Letruggio character with the squeaky voice It's awesome. yeah exactly and that was actually that was something they put in the trailer and i promise
0: never to do that again
1: (laughs) well they overdid it in the trailer Mm. Uh, and and you know i think that might have been you know that was the wrong thing to put in there because that's not you know it's that's not representative of the film Mm. Uh, in a way that's almost like going for a cheap laugh which Mm. it doesn't need to do and it doesn't do very often um, and the only times it kind of does do that is
0: with his character I think. Hmm. There was probably enough of him. There was Ye- just yeah, about the right yeah. amount of him. But yeah. things like yeah the the mother the brother and the uh mm. and and the dad all needed to be featured more. Yeah, I uh, think so. I, I didn't watch the trailer on the DVD. Right. I did watch the gag reel. Oh, okay. Which actually runs about 12 minutes. Right. Uh and I'm... has got outtakes from loads of deleted scenes.
1: Oh, okay. Including oh. a
0: rugby scene. All right, in which somebody gets absolutely flattened. Really, I d- tack- I'm, I'm yeah. starting
1: to think I might not have watched this, and mm. this is something like that. I would normally, like, if it would get a comedy DVD, you normally look for a gag reel or a blooper reel. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, from what you've just said, I don't think I've watched. It. I have to watch it when we get home.
0: Yeah, I, I watched that, and there's even more little bits right. from from all of the all the supporting cast in there as well. Right. Um, the thing that actually staggered me about this film yeah. was the budget. Do you know how much it costs to make this? No. 40 million dollars okay to make that's... a romantic comedy yeah that I'm... seems like an excessive amount of money to me
1: yeah i, I i'm not quite to be honest I, you know if someone said how much would it make you know would you spend on transformers or something like that it'd be easy you know, 150 200 yeah. million dollars but i if someone said how much would you spend on a rom-com i've got no mm. idea mm. i don't know how how, how but it's not like there's an is.
0: adam sander like salary to take care of in this bunch
1: no that's true that's true Unless it was uh, uh, Lou Frigno,
0: it could have been Lou Frigno. Yeah, yeah. yeah. who was another tremendous supporting character as a version of himself.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I particularly like the scene where Jason Segel goes off at him. Yes, uh, and, and they kind of had this bizarre wrestling match, yes. match in the street <laughs> where Jason Segel quick, quickly. Discover- guy <laughs> discovers that he's no match for Lufaricno.
0: No, uh, and which uh, uh, Paul Rudd's fiance can hear on the other end of the line.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. And then I, uh, you know, one of the things I also love about this film is that you know you can have very silly jokes in it, and mm. there are you know, and there's really silly sight gags like um, when Peter goes and plays poker with John Favreau's character and his mates and you know there's kind of a typical gross out comedy gag at the end where they drink a load of beer and he vomits all over John Favreau mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of like you know that that's the sort of thing you'd expect in a comedy yet there's a whole series of jokes about uh, Jason Siegel's dog looking like the Egyptian Prime Minister yes. Anwar Sadat yes. which seems like that's, that's that's kind of a level of satire that you don't expect in a comedy like this and they do have a dog that looks remarkably like Anwar Sadat and yes. um, I'm, I'm really pleased that you like this um, you know, because some, you know, I know that sometimes I, I like comedies that you, you don't, and uh, I, I think it. You know, this this is probably one of the best that have been around for a,
0: for a few years. Indeed, much like you with Shall We Dance? Uh, I am. Um, will be heading to the HMV sale to pick up a copy excellent. Uh, for repeated viewings. That's excellent. Good. Well, that looks like a full round of thumbs up in the review stakes this week. What have you got for me for next week?
1: Well, uh, as you may well know. We're leading into
0: Christmas We are very close to Christmas
1: So what better way to celebrate Christmas than with a nice Christmas movie Marvellous Um, Well I say a Christmas movie, it's a movie that's set at Christmas Uh, It's a comedy from the early 80s, it's called Trading Places Um, It is uh, a John Landers comedy
0: I've seen one scene from Trading Places and I'm going to let you guess which one it is
1: would it be Jamie Lee Curtis's boobs?
0: It would be Jamie Lee Curtis's boobs, I yes. thought it might be. Yes. Yeah.
1: I, I have actually made a note of that because last time there were boobs in a film and I didn't tell you that they were there up front. You, Thank you, you I, you, I, I you appreciate got quite, it. Yeah. And these, I
0: do recall there, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in 1983 had quite notable boobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're getting off track. We're getting very off track. Um, so the basic plot of the film is about uh, two
1: wealthy stockbrokers who make a bet with each other. Um, they believe, or one of them believes, that... Any down-and-out low-life criminal could be just as successful as their managing director of their broker company, uh, and it's all down to circumstance. And all you've got to do is if, if you swap their positions, that the criminal will flourish uh, in the stock market and the stockbroker will turn to a life of crime if he has nothing. Okay. So this introduces us to Dan Aykroyd's character, he plays lewis winthrop the third and he is an uh, incredibly upper class american he's got a house and a butler played by denham elliott and he is the managing director of the brokerage company and he does very well he, he makes all the right calls in terms of the markets and he's very good at it and then we have eddie murphy's character who's billy ray valentine who is like a con artist crook and you see him on the streets and he's you know he's in and out of jail and he's just you know a, a, a guy down his luck and trying to do it, do what he can to get by there is an incident by which they meet and the two brokers make the bet and then they go about destroying dan Aykroyd's life and putting eddie murphy in his place okay um and that's the basic idea of the of, of the comedy uh, hence called cool trading places they swap their lives and also stock market it's a nice little pun um jamie lee curtis features as a prostitute who dan Aykroyd befriends in jail okay <laughs> um and and she decides to help him get back on his feet um it's got a fantastic cast uh, as i've already said you've got dan Aykroyd. You've got Eddie Murphy back when he was actually good at anything. Back when um, Eddie Murphy was funny. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, Denim Elliott, who just brings a whole le- level of acting to this role of a butler that you have never seen before. He's just absolutely brilliant. Just the slightest facial expressions, are just counterpoint the humour perfectly. Um, you've got Jamie Lee Curtis as the prostitute called Ophelia. Ophelia. Um, You've got Ralph Bellamy and Don Ameche as the two Broker brothers, um, who you all recognise from loads and loads of comedies. Mm-hmm. Um, Don Ameche, I think probably one of the most notable things he was in was Cocoon, that you may have seen. Sure, yeah. Um, it was originally conceived as a Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor movie. Okay. Uh you know they made a s you know, they made a big stream yeah, of yeah, comedies, yeah. uh, you know, like See No Evil, Hear No Evil and Silver Stir Streak. Crazy, yeah, sir, yeah. Silver Streak. Um and basically the way the reason it changed was because Richard Pryor dropped out for various drug related reasons. Quite possibly. Uh so they hired Eddie Murphy. Um but, unfortunately, Eddie Murphy didn't want to be Richard Pryor's replacement because he knew that he would just get labelled as, oh, they've just got another black guy to be Richard Pryor. Yeah. Um, so he, effective, he effectively got Gene Wilder pushed off the movie mm. um, and they brought in Dan Aykroyd, who'd worked with him on SNL. Um, so it already had a certain tone. And, interestingly enough, a lot of the humour comes from the, the, the fact that Eddie Murphy's character is black Um but it's got John Landis's kind of take on it. There's lots of looks to camera and breaking the fourth wall in that way. So mm. you know, a lot, a lot of it is like a lot of it is that you know the two old school brokers will come out with quite racist comments, and then it's a little look of Eddie Murphy to the camera that kind of tells the audience yeah, it's okay for you to laugh at these people for saying that because you know they're the ones that are ignorant. You can laugh at this. Sure. Um, And and you kind of think, okay, that's the way they're dealing with the racism in this film. Until there's a scene at the end where they're all on a train and they play racial stereotypes. And uh, Eddie Murphy plays a guy from Africa. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis plays a woman from Sweden, except she's wearing Austrian dress, because that's what the costume department got for her and she couldn't do an Austrian accent. Okay. So she pretended to be Swedish, um, which they they play on in the film. Okay. Uh, And uh, Denim Elliott plays an Irish priest. And, uh, and then Dan Aykroyd character walks in and you think, okay, I didn't see that coming but I, I, I'll, I'll leave that as a little surprise for you when you watch the film
0: mm, Joyful racism
1: Yeah, um, yeah. so it's just, it's just one of those really good John Landis comedies there's some great uh, little uh, cameos from people like Frank Oz and Bo Diddley and you know, various people he's, he dealt with on other movies mm-hmm. um, the only thing is the ending involving the stock exchange I still can't work out how it works I've, I've, I've tried to figure this out ever since I've, I've seen this movie, and I, I just, I just don't get it. Every time I think, oh, that's, that's how this works, I'm still not convinced.
0: Is it like the jugs puzzle in uh, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, where uh, it is solvable, but I'm pretty sure they do it wrong in the film? I'm not sure. There's just uh, every time I, I see this, the, like the, the end, end
1: sequence play out, I, th- I think, right, okay, I understand a bit, I understand a bit, and, and then something, oh, oh, hang on a minute, how does that work? I don't get it. Mm. It might just be because I'm not. Financially minded in that way, uh, so I'll be interested to see if you can understand it. Because well, I,
0: I am equally as unfinancially minded <laughs> as you, uh, so we'll see if two slightly dumb brains can yeah, work it out between I, us. I
1: did try to look it up on his internet but I couldn't find the answer.
0: Interesting. Well, uh, um, my girlfriend is a tax accountant, and her dad deals in stocks. So maybe between them, they can figure it out, and we'll get them into explaining it to us. Excellent. I would love to know how it all works. Well, as Happenstance would have it, I have a Christmas present for you. Excellent. And sort of a Halloween present as well. Okay. My film for you is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. A full title, Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not actually directed by Tim Burton, okay. which is a common mistake people make. He right. produced it and it's based on a poem he wrote as an animator. Okay. After he saw, he was passing a, a shop window display, and mm. they were taking down the Halloween display and putting up the Christmas one at the same time. All oh, right. So he got to see a half and half window display, right? And it just kind of sparked something in his brain, wondering mm. what that would be like, right? And he wrote, uh, he wrote a poem about it, mm-hmm. which then got turned into this film.
1: Okay. See, I, I mean, I've, I've again, I've probably seen a couple of clips and stuff from from this film. I've never got around to watching it, and I always assumed he directed it. I just. It's directed by Henry Selick.
0: Who right. also directed uh, James and the Giant Peach, mm-hmm. and more recently than either of these films, Coraline. So, yeah. uh, and much like those, this is also uh, stop motion animation.
1: Yeah, I can. know uh, you said those other two films. I can. I can see the the lineage. You can see the similarity in yeah. the design and the.
0: It's highly stylized. The production design and character design is mm. is just amazing. Yeah. Um, there's supporting characters such so like a, uh, the mayor who quite literally has two faces right so he is the two-faced politician there's more than the whiff of the cabinet of dr caligari about the sets as well right
1: i love that film i know you do that, there's probably one see at, i know like, how I pitch movies to you. yeah absolutely yeah 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 i know that is one of my favorite one of my favorite uh german, expressionist, german movies. expressionist films yeah <laughs>
0: yeah um i suppose i should get to the story uh jack skellington who right. is voiced by chris sarandon when he's speaking and danny Elfman when he's singing. Oh, okay. Uh, is the pumpkin king of Halloween town. Mm-hmm. And he's disillusioned with how Halloween is just the same every year. It's just scaring people and grew some horribleness. And he's kind of, he puts on a front for mm. the other residents of Halloween town, but he doesn't, he doesn't really believe it anymore. Right. And one day he's out, uh, walking in the forest with his dog. Mm-hmm. I should mention that the dog is actually a float, uh, essentially a floating white hanky with a red nose called zero. <laughs> right. Uh, he's, he's a, a legless floating ghost dog. <laughs> right. Um, and they're out for a walk in a forest and he comes across he comes into a clearing and in the clearing there are half a dozen trees mm. each with a different kind of symbol on them a, a, a painted door so one is painted like an easter egg right. and one is painted like a thanksgiving turkey and right. there's a valentine's heart and he goes opts for the shiniest one which is painted like a christmas tree right. it's a strange thing he's never seen before uh-huh. and he pulls the doorknob and the, the shot of him pulling the doorknob is amazing okay uh, and supposedly the hardest shot right uh, in okay. the
1: movie okay,
0: to, to create because it's a close up of the doorknob it's the matrix right? So it's a close up of the doorknob right. with his hand going towards it and a full reflection of him and the entire forest behind him oh wow yeah it's really impressive oh okay um, and he opens the door and kind of has a look in there's nothing really much in there and as he turns around to walk away a little kind of
1: I can't think of the word sprite? no goblin no monkey no.
0: <laughs> none of these things alright um tambourine <laughs> tendril right. of snow okay can, comes and he gets sucked back and falls through the tree into Christmas town All right uh and he likes what he sees in Christmas town All right uh, and when he gets back to Halloween town he decides to try and merge the two holidays okay but because he doesn't quite understand Christmas hmm It doesn't really go to plan. Right. He tries to launch it at the first opportunity, which is Christmas. Yeah. So he wants to, like, Santa can relax, Mm -hmm. or Sandy Claus, as he thinks he's called, uh, uh, can relax, and he will take over Christmas and sort it all out. But because it's Christmas by the residents of Halloween Town, it's not quite Christmas as you would know it. No. Added to this is his love interest, Sally, who's voiced by Catherine O'Hara. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, And she is a Frankenstein's monster style girl who's stitched together. All right. from just pieces mm-hmm. uh uh by a duck faced mad scientist called dr Beetlestein <laughs> right uh, and she's in love with Jack, she wants to help him, mm-hmm. but when things start going wrong, she is also the person who tries to stop him and get things back on track right okay um it's a musical mm-hmm. um so that makes two musical movies I've pitched you, All I right. think a third one, and tongues will start to wag right okay um there are some very good songs in it. the song "What's this?" Mm-hmm. which you may well know right uh, uh which is as he is as jack is exploring uh christmas town and finding out about things like snow and candy canes and presents and elves and santa for the first time right is probably the film's highlight okay that sequence um as i said the production character design is just great right. um all of the um all the residents of halloween town are particularly ghoulish and cartoony. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some quite um, aristocratic and slightly camp vampires. (laughs) Right. Um, uh, Oogie Boogie, the boogeyman, uh, who's probably what passes for the villain of the piece. Okay. Um, He is is a gambling-addicted sack filled with bugs. (laughs) Right. Uh, with With an amazing voice. I think that's Danny Elfman. This is the Danny Elfman show. Yeah. He wrote the score, mm-hmm. uh, he wrote the songs, right. uh, he voices at least six characters, okay. either just speaking or singing as well. Yeah. Um, he is the only other name on the credits you will recognise other than chris sarandon and katherine ohara
1: right okay yeah. oh and
0: greg proops as well oh really uh, yeah, yeah uh canadian i think it's canadian Canadian He's, stand-up yeah, yeah. comic yeah. greg proops voices a few characters okay um but i didn't recognize anybody else on the cast list okay um it's the shortest film you'll probably get to watch okay. uh, throughout the life of this podcast only 72 minutes including oh, end excellent. credits excellent uh so it didn't take long yeah. uh it was oscar nominated for visual effects uh-huh. in 1993 but failed to win Oh, really? Yeah, because Jurassic Park was released in the same year. <laughs> well, that's fair
1: enough, I guess, um, isn't it? Uh,
0: and there was some, there was at the very least minor contention that there was no nomination for best song and no nomination for best score. Right. Because music plays a very big part yeah. in this film. They crammed 10, 10 or 12 songs into 72 minutes. Wow, okay. Um,
1: well, I mean, it's interesting you pitch this movie because I actually own a copy and it's on my DVD shelf at home and I I think I got it a few years ago and it was one of those things where you, you go to the counter in the DVD store and they're like oh you're buying all this stuff you can have this for a pound yeah so I like, oh, might as well I think that's you probably know. how I
0: ended up with my copy yeah
1: well. and and, I, and it's been sitting there and every Halloween comes around and you think oh well, maybe I'll watch that it's a bit Christmassy and then Christmas comes around and you think oh maybe no nah, it's a bit Halloween yeah, yeah, yeah. A horror thing there's like that. no and,
0: good time to watch it uh,
1: exactly so um, I'm glad you pitched it to me because I've been meaning to watch it for probably about five
0: years tremendous So there's our little Christmas presents. Do feel free to play along at home if you haven't seen either of these films, or if you have seen them and you have something to say about them, uh, feel free to uh, tweet us. Tom, where are we on Twitter? Uh, All you need to do is follow at H-Y-S
1: podcast, and like Karen said, just tweet us what you think. Uh, If if you've seen
0: any of the films we've covered, or if you think there are any films we should see, just uh, drop us a line on Twitter. We're always open to suggestions. We also have a blog. It's haveyouseenpodcast.wordpress.com. You You can uh, probably leave comments on there. I might make that feature active. Uh, And also like us on Facebook. We are facebook.com slash haveyouseen. We should probably do a a shout-out and a big thank you to
1: RB Productions. Uh, They let us use the wonderful studio that we were recording.
0: Definitely. We'll be back next week with more movies, uh, Christmas reviews. uh, And I think something else we should do is uh, round up the best films we've seen this year. For dvds and blu-rays for people to pick up in the january sales perhaps
1: absolutely why don't i how about this why don't we do uh, we'll, we'll each pick a top five top okay. five films that we've seen this okay. year doesn't matter if they're the same we'll yes just pick, yeah, yeah. Pick let's, let's five. not discuss
0: let's yeah. just if it shows up on both fives then it's definitely worth picking up
1: absolutely yeah, i like that idea
0: tremendous well uh that's enough for another week have a tremendous christmas and uh we'll see you in a week bye happy christmas